Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. Um, I'm joined by Don Johnson, who is the Kootenai Columbia candidate for the Liberal Party in the uh, October 19th federal election. Don's uh, visiting from uh, his hometown of Nelson, BC, uh, the, over the Timber Days and Heritage Weekend. Don, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Mm -hmm. All right, Don. So um, we did. Uh, we haven't really done an introduction of yourself on the Revelstoke Mountaineer. Um, I guess uh, let's start with the basics: uh, who you are, uh, where you're from, and a little bit about your background. Right. Sure. Well, I grew up in Nelson, and uh, like graduated from L.V. Rogers High School in Nelson, and like a lot of other people, went away to uh, study and to build a career, and had a chance to come back to Nelson in 1999 as the CEO of the Columbia Basin Trust, where I was for six years. Um, so long history in the area, very, uh, uh, very much a Kootenai boy. And um, with my experience of six years with the Columbia Basin Trust as CEO, I really have a, I think, a pretty good understanding of the writing. I've literally been to every community in the writing and uh, care passionately about the quality of life that we have up here. Mm -hmm. um, as you travel around the riding and specifically come up to Revelstoke uh, this weekend, what are some of the issues you're, um, are you, that you're finding here? What, what, uh, what are people telling you they want, uh, uh, Revelstokeans are telling you they want? Well, you know, the messages are pretty much the same across the riding and, and two or three key ones. Uh, obviously, people are really concerned about economic stability and the ability to uh, to live in this paradise that we're all lucky enough to call home, but uh, to be able to do so and to earn a decent income. There's still a lot of seasonal workers that live here. Um, there's some real questions about where the economic uh, reality is going to be going and uh, so that's a, a key focus for people and, mm -hmm. and uh, how, how does how does your party set set itself apart in this writing on that issue well I you know I think uh, first of all there's the party and and then there's me as a candidate as well um, I really believe uh, quite strongly that the future the economic future of areas like ours rural writings like ours is going to be around small business and understanding that you know, the environment and the economy are the same thing here. The environment is our economy. And uh, so support to small business and, and creating the conditions for small business to be able to thrive is important. I personally, as somebody that's from the region and somebody that understands the region pretty well, really think technology is going to be a really key factor here. I think that we already have a lot of people that live here and that live in Nelson and live in other places who work elsewhere. And they can only do that if we have the technological infrastructure that allows us to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an area that we really need to explore. And I've been on the board of the Civic Theater in Nelson, which is trying to create a public facility, a community facility run by a community organization that gives uh, direct access to fiber optic connections to the information world that we live in now. And I think that's an area we really need to explore. And I think the MP can work with local organizations, with groups in Revelstoke that are already doing things and groups in Rosland and Nelson and Fernie um, and, and be a catalyst and a convener and a facilitator for those kinds of discussions. Because I think we need to start looking beyond the resource-based economy in terms of long-term stability and attracting people that come here for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And, and creating the conditions for them to succeed here. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I w- on my way over here, uh, just down the block, I saw the the Telus guy installing uh, fiber optic on one of the homes on a Sunday morning. They've been uh, aggressively rolling that out. Um, maybe uh, what are some other examples? Like we have we have uh, um, fiber coming to the community. Um, what are some other sort of direct areas in in for example high tech that you'd be interested in exploring? Well, I, I mean, obviously fiber optics part of the. Mm-hmm. part of the solution and we're seeing more and more communities that are rolling that out nelson just did an upgrade of their downtown infrastructure mm-hmm. including running fiber optic throughout the entire downtown mm-hmm. was that a city initiative that was the city that did it as part of because they were already opening up yeah um the system the infrastructure they just added the cable to it and ran it throughout the whole downtown and i and um, and as you say it's now also becoming commercially available mm-hmm. Uh, I still think that's the key element is to have the capacity to be able mm-hmm. to do various kinds of work from here. You know, we have people that are already living here um, that are, you know, we have an illustrator who does illustrations for the New Yorker magazine that lives on our street in Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots and lots of sort of high tech startups in the area, some of whom have to leave and go to Vancouver when they get to a certain stage in their mm-hmm. development. And yet they're also getting people that are saying, I would love to come and work there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's part of creating that capacity, but I think it's also part of creating an attitude towards small business that makes sure that small businesses are sustainable. So there's a small business uh, tax issue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, federal tax issue. But there's also um, local issues. Uh, I was talking to some entrepreneurs last night uh, mm-hmm. here in Revelstoke that that feel that uh, some of the, the some of the municipal taxes are also a burden for them. And mm-hmm. uh, if if we understand that small business is going to be critical, we have to uh, do everything we can to to support the notion that small businesses are valued in, in communities mm-hmm. like this and and in ridings like ours. Mm-hmm. The other big issue that comes up is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about infrastructure. Uh, um, municipalities um, pretty consistently call for predictable uh, sources of funding and uh, additional new funding, more predictable funding. Um, what is the Liberal Party platform uh, on that and, and what is your position on that? Well, yeah, and the Liberal Party has recently released... Um, uh, our policy on on infrastructure, um, and we're talking about spending um, billions of dollars over the next ten years, uh, because the reality is the infrastructure is crumbling in Canada. Um, I mean, if you look at issues like highways in this riding, as an example, and you drive from here to Golden, and you experience what happens when the infrastructure is left for too long. It was built in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, the volumes that we have now are, are uh, exceedingly different than they were when it was built. So the, the Liberal Party has decided to invest heavily in infrastructure, but to do it through a mechanism that works with individual agreements with each province, and then from there down through to municipalities, uh, in a number of areas, but the key element of the program is that once the money is allocated and gets down to the municipal level, the municipalities make a choice. It's not a program that's about sewers or a program that's about roads. It's a program that's about infrastructure mm-hmm. so that whatever the infrastructure needs are deemed to be in Revelstoke by Revelstokians and the Revelstoke uh, city government. 
um, that's where the money will go. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not directed in that sense. And it's a long-term 10-year commitment. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason why we are predicting that we're going to have a, a deficit for the first two years mm -hmm. uh, and ending that deficit in the, in the third year back to a balanced budget. The infrastructure funds are still built in after that period of time mm -hmm. because we see the opportunity as now. We can't ignore the infrastructure issue. Mm -hmm. We are, have a huge infrastructure deficit. It's just going to get worse. And we're at a point now where we've got a stagnant economy and a historic low interest rate. So it's mm -hmm. the time to make an investment in the future and to respond to that. I did mm -hmm. a tour of the riding uh, when I was first nominated in May. Mm -hmm. And every mayor I talked about said, mm -hmm. infrastructure, mm -hmm. infrastructure, infrastructure. And as you described it in your question, stable, dependable, clear, simple, focused on, mm -hmm. on infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are and that's where I am because I think that's an absolutely critical mm -hmm. issue for us. Justin Trudeau was in Vancouver, I believe it was Friday, um, at, at a rally there and he announced some big infrastructure um, commitments, uh, specific projects. Um, what about in this riding? Are you, you, you talked about the Trans-Canada Highway, uh, of which a significant portion between here and Golden that you mentioned is fed, purely federal uh, uh, infrastructure. Is, can we anticipate any um, um, pre-election commitments like that? Or, or what can you tell us about what we will commit? Because the infrastructure needs there are billions and billions and billions of dollars. No one, I think, has uh, put... Uh, the grand total number on what what four laning the whole stretch would be if, if that's the commitment. Yeah, um, I don't anticipate before the election any specific projects that would mm -hmm. would be identified. The the new money that we're putting into infrastructure is looking at a broad range of infrastructure projects um, that some of which could be considered almost social uh, infrastructure like for instance affordable housing mm -hmm. um, uh, new programs around creating a better stock of rental housing across the country they're a huge issue in a resort kind of town mm -hmm. like like revelstoke and it's a huge issue in many of our towns and obviously it's also a huge issue in, in terms of cities so the new infrastructure money is going to free existing money in the build canada fund up more for roads and bridges and that kind of Mm -hmm. uh, you know, fundamental infrastructure. So there's going to be more money available, which is going to allow us to take on projects that have been sitting idle for a long time. Mm -hmm. For me, as the MP for the region, if I was to be elected, the road between here and Golden would be the top priority. I drive all over this riding and I traveled it when I was CEO mm -hmm. of the trust. Mm -hmm. So there's work to be done everywhere. But if I think of the most critical bottleneck uh, from an economic perspective and a safety perspective, it's this highway right here. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the Rogers Pass. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Don, one of the questions I'm trying to ask uh, all of the candidates uh, is, is about uh, representation. And I noticed on your handout uh, that, that uh, your staff were putting out yesterday, um, that's the number one bullet point. Uh, I personally feel that uh, one of the things that voters in, in this riding, which is, you know, a, a rural riding that can sometimes feel um, alienated from things that happen in Ottawa, mm -hmm. yeah. is, is they're looking for someone who is, who is going to represent them. And I guess my question is, 
how how are you perhaps a little bit different than the party platform or how how are you going to go to Ottawa and have an impact um, that's positive for this riding? Right. Well, uh, one of my, one of the fundamental reasons that I'm running is because I think we've become disassociated from federal government. And I think that's partly because we've gotten so caught up in everything that's happening at the national level that we forget that the way this country was built was with the assumption that every region of the country would have somebody in Ottawa whose primary job is to represent the interests of the riding and the constituents in the riding. I believe that passionately. And if you look at realchange.ca and see some of the commitments the Liberal parties are making about more open government, more transparent government, and a stronger, more important role for the, for the MP to represent the riding, it's created the exact sort of environment that I'm interested in working on because I think that's really really true and I think part of the disconnect is the lack of accountability mm -hmm. politicians run they get elected four years later they come back and say well I want you vote again but there's not a normal communication flow that mm -hmm. happens other than newsletters so I'm committed to holding annual accountability meetings in every town in the riding and there's like 12 I think so you'd um, come in here. Every I would year, come to Revelstoke every year. Center, have, have something at a you know a community facility of some sort, mm -hmm. and just uh, open it up and say, "How am I doing?" Because mm -hmm. I think that 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 accountability as mechanism has been lost. And when I was CEO of the trust, we did an annual tour of the of the basin, mm -hmm. uh, where we'd go to towns and have town hall meetings and say, mm -hmm. "How are we doing as an organization?" And I would do the same thing as the MP. And the other thing is, I see. Uh, much stronger potential for the role of the MP as what I call an advocate adv uh, activist. So rather than just passively coming back to the riding and doing tours and going to events and showing your face and the colors of your party, to, to work more comprehensively with already existing organizations, with other levels of government, with, with the Columbia Basin Trust, which is an amazing opportunity we have that nobody else has in, mm -hmm. in the province, and, and, to, and to be a generator, of a convener, a facilitator, um, and an advocate. So in the riding to play a more active role at bringing people together, breaking down barriers between mm -hmm. sectors, between regions, and starting to look globally. We all live in the same river basin. Mm -hmm. So let's start working together to create our own economic reality. So it's really a much more activist role in the riding that, mm -hmm. that I see would, would be something I want to do. But on the advocate level, uh, I was back for candidates training in uh, Ottawa, and I got together one day for lunch, uh, people from 12 rural ridings that were also mm -hmm. there, and just sat down with them and floated my notion, which is that people that represent rural ridings, 80% of Canadians live in cities, so we need mm -hmm. to look after our, mm -hmm. get our agenda higher on the mm -hmm. profile list, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I floated the notion of, of getting together across party lines um, and talking about rural issues. Mm -hmm. and collectively and trying to identify the common ones that we share across the country and try to raise that profile in Ottawa so that mm -hmm. there's a better understanding of the, mm -hmm. of the specific challenges, educational challenges, transport challenges, mm -hmm. healthcare challenges, long-term mm -hmm. care challenges. I mean, there's so many challenges in mm -hmm. rural regions. We need to raise the profile, and I see that as a role of the, uh, of the mm -hmm. MP. And from my background working with the Trust and working in international development, I have a particular skill set and a particular personal passion for creating 
uh, more sustainable communities and more equity. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on that point, at this point, when you take a look at the, the Liberal Party platform, do you see areas to grow or do you see areas where you see you, you have your work cut out for you um, to change the existing policy or, or build the existing policy that um, will better benefit an area, uh, this area, for this the Kootenai-Columbia riding or, for example, a rural area? And how would you go about um, sort of changing the focus in the party? Well, that's a bit of a tough question, Aaron, because I'm actually very happy with how well thought out the policy that we're rolling out on uh, on realchange.ca um, is going. And in, in fact, I think that it's it's all been developed through such an effective and intensive consultation process, um, and it's also transparent that mm-hmm. um, that I don't I don't see any areas that will stop me right now from advocating strongly for the particular needs of this mm-hmm. riding and, and, and more generally uh, the need to pay more attention to, to rural issues. Um, it, no matter what the program though is, if you come up with an infrastructure program around affordable housing, the bigger dollars are gonna be going to the larger centers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot more of the attention goes there. So, so there is always gonna be the struggle of making sure that at least from an awareness perspective, the needs of rural communities are understood just as well as they are for, for larger mm-hmm. communities. That's always going to be a struggle, but that's mm-hmm. part of being a MP from a rural riding. Mm-hmm. What about the Liberal Party's um, results in this riding? I guess as you've been traveling around campaigning, uh, and sorry, I should have fact-checked this before I started. Did you come in? The, did the Liberal Party come in third or fourth last last time around? I think they came in fourth. Came in fourth. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah. So so for uh, a major uh, um, traditional party, it's not a good showing. What what have you seen since you've been out campaigning? What do you think is going to happen? And what is your strategy to to build on that? Well, um, first of all, um, you know the reality in the last election was that the Liberal Party was, to say the least, in disarray. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been through the party had been through a very difficult period of time uh, starting all the way back with the Gomery Commission mm-hmm. uh, which I might remind people the Liberal Prime Minister at the time even though it was good he knew it was going to be very bad news for the party mm-hmm. nonetheless called the commission because it was mm-hmm. quite clear that there were things going on that shouldn't have been going on so there was that, and then there was leadership turmoil basically for two elections with, mm-hmm. you know, with Stefan Dion followed by Michael Ignatiev. Uh, so the party itself was, was a spent force. It was broken and it was mm-hmm. broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so that leads to situations um, where uh, there is no, there's no ground game. There's no people that are, that are working with the party. Um, so that so that has changed tremendously since Justin has become leader. Um, he has rebuilt the party. It's now united. It's got the largest membership of any political party in the country. It has resources uh, and it has a real clear focus for real change. And when I talk about real change, I'm talking about generational change in leadership style. It's no secret why we use the team Trudeau approach as opposed mm-hmm. to Tom Mulcair's NDP or Stephen Harper's Conservatives. Um, it's very much a team game and he surrounded himself with great team players. So that's that's part of it. 
but there, we've never also been in a situation of the political volatility and fluidity that we have right now. We saw it in Alberta. Uh, we have a, a, a government right now that we're hearing on the doorstep. We're doing door knocking all across. We've door knocked here with Nelson, Cranbrook, Fernie, uh, Invermere. Um, the message is the same. People think it's time for change. They're excited mm -hmm. about change, but they don't know where to go with that change. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, for the first time in a couple of elections, uh, we are presenting a credible, uh, credible uh, alternative. Uh, it's resonating with people. We have a new style of leadership. Um, and so, so we're hearing a lot of people that are undecided and in the anybody but uh, Harper camp, and it's a fairly large camp, Actually, we're finding on the doorstep, uh, people haven't decided. So uh, we feel that uh, by running a good campaign, by getting out and talking to a lot of people, uh, by presenting a slightly different vision for the role of the MP, um, that, uh, that it's resonating with people. We're quite happy with the way things are going and, and optimistic about what can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, on your uh, campaign literature, you talk a little bit about uh, the environment as being a key issue. Um, what points specifically are you speaking about on in environmental issues? Well, uh, I mean, we need to get on with the battle against uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. um, we can't uh, sort of put it off anymore. Uh, there's no question that we begin that we need to begin to re-engage first of all in the global conversation around mm -hmm. uh, climate change which we've disengaged from mm -hmm. as a country totally uh, so we will be sending a strong representation to Paris uh, and more than that if we are elected as government uh, Justin Trudeau as Prime Minister would be taking the premiers with him because the premiers are actually leading the way right now provinces mm -hmm. are in front of the federal government in terms of uh, actions about climate change, including putting price on carbon and, and mm -hmm. that sort of initiative. Um, and the federal government has basically done nothing. So there's a commitment to not only take part in, um, uh, in Paris, but also within 90 days of Paris to convene a meeting of first ministers to begin to actually um, put down a prescribed national strategy around carbon reduction, around uh, reductions in emissions, uh, and to set some pretty ambitious goals uh, in terms of making sure that we don't come closer to that sort of two degree rise in temperature that mm. that scientists are all telling us is a real tipping point. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some really specific uh, <clears throat> commitments there. And, and, you know, I'm always reminded that those of us that live in an area like this are more impacted by climate change than anybody else. I mean, we saw it this summer. Uh, you know, I live with a view of the lake in Nelson and I couldn't see the other side because of the fire, the mm -hmm. Sitcom fire. Um, you know, as you know, we're sitting in the house of a firefighter who, mm -hmm. who, who describes the, the incredible nature of this summer and how different it mm -hmm. was. Uh, you know, in, in Toronto, you watch it on the news and you read about it in the newspaper and then you turn your air conditioning up or down. And that's your response to climate change because you're not impacted directly like we are. We see it on our ski hills. We see it in many, many ways. We see it in the fact that we're surrounded by water. We live in the middle of water, and yet we're starting to have some real water issues and water supply mm -hmm. issues, especially mm -hmm. around safe water. Mm -hmm. um, so so the, the immediacy is clearer to us, mm -hmm. and I think because of that, we also have a role to kind of uh, try to raise the immediacy of climate change in people's minds in, in Ottawa. 
mm. um, and and to get more people talking about it and to start talking about concrete solutions that start moving us forward to the post-carbon world, I guess. Mm. Is that something uh, that could... Uh... So let's take talk about, for example, the East Kootenai, where coal production is a big uh, industry there. Does, do, was that going to have negative impacts on them, or how do you address that issue? Well, I, I think, I, first of all, the coal industry in, in the East Kootenays is metallurgic coal. Mm -hmm. So it's not dirty coal, it's not fuel, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's an important product mm -hmm. uh, that's part of making steel and part of making many other materials. So, so it's not the same as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as sort of fuel um, coal. Mm -hmm. So, so, and in fact, Andrew Weaver, the, the M MLA from the Green Party and the leader of the Green Party of British like Columbia. He's a carbon, you know, he's a climate Scientology mm -hmm. scientist himself. Uh, he recently made a tour of the East Kootenays and he was really impressed with some of the uh, incredible um, gains they've made in terms of reducing emissions, in terms of wastewater treatment, mm -hmm. in terms of thinking post-production, uh, how they can how they can sort of uh, uh, revitalize the the areas that they're mm -hmm. mining and that sort of stuff. So so there's some really great work being done in that. Um, and so you know, I, in in terms of the coal mines in the East Kootenays, people need to understand that they're not the sort of super carbon producing bombs that, you know, fuel coal is it not at all. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Uh, the other part of it is as we begin to get better at doing what we're doing in it with coal in the East Kootenays, as Andrew Weaver described it as being some cutting edge technology and some new approaches, we're also learning much better about sustainable forestry. Mm -hmm. um, because we're a resource based economy, we've learned to do things better. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, if we've got problems with that in, in the developing world, in, in Africa and Asia and South America, where I've worked through my international work, uh, their problems are way greater. And yet we have the skills here. So we have the opportunity to become an important part of the green economy and create great opportunities for Canadians to mm -hmm. export what we've learned to other countries uh, create a, a viable uh, and, and wonderful opportunity in terms of uh, uh, great, great work um, and economic opportunity, but also then to play a really important role in helping the rest of the world reduce those same, those mm -hmm. same uh, issues around uh, pollution and, uh, and emissions and, mm -hmm. and all of that. So I see it as a great opportunity. And, we're, and, and so I look at the coal fields there, first of all, realizing that metallurgical coal is still mm -hmm. uh, very important, but also as a, as a learning laboratory about how we can become uh, world experts in that and create, a, create another aspect of the green economy. So I see this as an opportunity, personally. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we have limited time, so I want to ask you one last question. Um, we, you're, uh, have a, we have a fairly strong field. There's uh, two candidates uh, in the, the other two uh, traditional federal parties who have uh, backgrounds in government. They were uh, mayors of towns here, um, and, and that's an important qualification because we are a riding of more or less small cities and small towns and have, have direct experiences. Why do you think you, as an individual, but your party platform aside, are the right candidate with the right set of experiences for this job? Right. Well, uh, first of all, my, my entire career has been uh, in community development, either in Canada or internationally, and I've worked about half of my career in each. 
Um, so I have a great deal of experience in terms of understanding how you work uh, with communities and with different aspects of communities to kind of find commonality. But more specifically, the six years that I worked with the Columbia Basin Trust as the mm -hmm. CEO, uh, we worked extensively with, with you know, municipal governments, regional districts, the provincial government, uh, around uh, the delivery of benefits in a way that actually added value to each community. I understand um, uh, the, the importance of the small business uh, community in, in writings like ours with uh, Canadian executive services overseas. All we did was work with communities in developing countries to create economic activity and create a strong small business sector. So I have a, a unique set of experiences and I grew up here. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a deep personal commitment to this region and and that's why i'm right running because i see an opportunity to take a particular skill set and experiences and a tremendous uh personal connection to the riding and to um, try to make a difference mm -hmm. don johnson is the federal uh, liberal candidate in the riding of kootenai columbia um you're going to be back up here in Revelstoke for the debate on uh is it September 21st so September 21st next uh, week yeah, well, 7, 7 yeah. p.m and that's a uh, um, part of uh, a debate that uh, the Revelstoke Mountaineer in uh, partnership with uh other media outlets in town is putting on at the community center at 7 p.m so come on down and enjoy that Don thanks for taking the time to talk to me today great thank you Aaron